I may not live to see our glory. You're listening to Hamilton, Shot by Shot. I'm your host, Brian. I'm your co-host, Rose. Today we are reviewing the song... The Lawrence Interlude. Yeah. Would, is this really a song? No. So this would be maybe song number 22A, right? Like it's kind of a... It's not really its own thing because it's not on the soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lawrence Interlude is not on the soundtrack, but it is a, definitely a part of the of the show and there is music involved with it. And since we're going one song at a time, I think it's worth discussing on its own, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that it could have been at the end of Dear Theodosia, the way it's kind of presented. I would think of it more as the beginning of Nonstop. It's actually a very brief song, but as we talk about the song, song, like you said, quote unquote song, we'll see that, yes, it literally sets up nonstop. And I'll, and I'll point that out when I, at least what I observed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, because it, it, it kind of, yeah, there's the Doge is its own thing. It kind of stops and it sets up what, you know, Hamilton's mindset maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, like I said, there is a song, but I guess, you know what? We always talk about like there's very little actual dialogue in this, but there is, there is words it's like just words like Mm -hmm. actual real life dialogue no singing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's all done by eliza Mm -hmm. so well hamilton does talk he does he does you're right he does and then there's lawrence i feel like lawrence is mostly singing though yeah he's singing yeah so the music does come from lawrence right Mm -hmm. well let's get into it so this is this would technically this should be song number 23 Mm -hmm. it is not on the soundtrack but it is on disney plus as we stated and it's a just slightly over a minute long Mm mm-hmm so at the end of Dear Theodosia, as he's singing to Philip and him and Burr and their song, we see Eliza standing in the doorway. She's mm-hmm. coming in. Well, now we find out what she's here to do. And before she walks in fully, we get a shot of Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And he's in blue. Yeah. Why do you think he's in blue? Um, I didn't really pay attention to that a lot. But I think now that you said that, I think maybe because um, it, it's sad that blue means sad. Because of his death, but there you go. I I totally think that that is accurate. I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong when I say mm-hmm. that you're accurate. I think that is one interpretation. I think that's an accurate interpretation. It's also putting the focus on him. But again, yeah, they're in normal color. He's in blue. I looked at it as he's more ghostly. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but c- color theory, you know, like like you said, blue is more sad. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So it's a colder tone. It's cold, like his dead body's cold. <laughs> so that's, I went there, but it's dark. It is dark, <laughs> but he starts singing. I may not live to see our glory. Well, that's foreshadowing, right? Because mm-hmm. we we don't know what's in the letter yet, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't even know there's a letter. Yeah, we just know that that's the song from the story of tonight. Mm-hmm. Twice we heard that. Yeah, this is the third this time. Is, yeah, yeah. And then Eliza comes in, Alexander, there's a letter for for you from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, but I will gladly join the fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's something we've heard before. Yeah. Lauren says that, I mean, I should say. (laughs) And and he's singing his Lawrence. Hamilton, it's from John Lawrence. I'll read it later. Yeah. You know, like he knows. I think he knew that maybe he saw it. He's like, I'll get to it. You know, this Mm -hmm. is his buddy, but he's he's having a moment with his son. He doesn't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Eliza, no, it's, it's not. It's from his father. Right. And then Lawrence sings, when our children tell our story, kind of a cap off from Dear Theodosia, right? Because they're mm-hmm. Burr and, and uh, Hamilton are talking about Philip. And then Hamilton says, will you read it? And then Lawrence, they'll tell the story of tonight. Mm-hmm. Eliza gets into the letter then. 
And I'll just read what she says, just to be quick. On Tuesday the 27th, Lieutenant Colonel John Lawrence was killed in a gunfight against British troops in South Carolina. These troops had not yet received word from Yorktown that the war was over. He's buried here until his family can send for his remains. As you may know, Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence was engaged in recruiting 3,000 men for the 1st Black Military Regiment. The surviving members of this regiment have been returned to their masters. And then Lawrence says, tomorrow there'll be more of us. (laughs) And Eliza, Alexander, are you all right? Hamilton, I have so much work to do. And he storms off with his jacket. You're right. I think it sets up nonstop better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because what does he do in nonstop? He, oh shoot, I forget. Well, he works his butt off. Well, yeah. That's the whole like premise of it, right? Like, so why do you think he storms off with, I have so much work to do? I'm curious of your thoughts. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what that would have to do with Lauren's death. Like, I mean, I don't know. All right, so Lawrence was one of his best friends. Oh, well, yeah. They had some genuine affection for each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could just be throwing himself into his work to not think about the death of his friend? Yeah, that makes sense now okay. that you say that. Yeah. Now, Lawrence was a, and they mentioned it throughout this, he was an abolitionist. He did not believe in slavery. He mm-hmm. wanted to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe his father did too, but, yeah. but you know, they were abolitionists. Hamilton was also an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Even though he did have a slave when he was a young boy. Yeah, I think him and his brother did. Yeah, it was technically it was his mother sl- had two two women, two or three women slaves. Mm-hmm. You know, they were not very rich by any means, but she mm-hmm. kind of acquired them or, or it was part of um, some inheritance that she had. Mm-hmm. And then they had children. The two boys hung out with each son. So mm-hmm. Hamilton had Hamilton's brother had one slave that kind of hung out with him and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. They were assigned to him. Mm-hmm. But based on everything that Hamilton saw, I'm sure having a, a personal relationship with somebody who was a slave mm-hmm. and then seeing the horrors of how the slaves were treated when he was doing the the books, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the trading companies, mm-hmm. like, I think it turned him off, it turned his stomach, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just speaking for him, but I think that's what probably was like, no, nah, this isn't the way to go. Yeah. And he didn't have those slaves the entire time once his mother passed away. All inheritance went to his stepbrother, or not stepbrother, his half-brother, mm-hmm. Philip. I think it was his name, Philip, or was his dad named Philip? He had his, a stepbrother he never really... His father-in-law was named Philip, Yeah, his but, son was named Philip. I don't think anybody else in his family was named Philip. I could be wrong, but he did have I a... I think you are. Okay. Okay. I could be mistaken. I can't remember. His half-brother from his mom's first marriage mm-hmm. received all the inheritance, because his mom's first husband basically convinced the court that these kids were out of wedlock. Any sort of inheritance should go to the the, the son, the first son, mm-hmm. and not to the, any of the others. And and so Hamilton and his brother were left, you know, alone. Mm-hmm. While, anyways, that's a total totally other story. But yeah, yeah, I think I think Hamilton throws himself into work. Also, uh, I I mean, I kind of I guess I'm rambling but i kind of get to the point where this song specifically mentions how these black military recruits were sent back to their masters Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that was also an effect as well like hey we were pushing for a black battalion we were pushing for to get rid of slavery in in the new world 
of course, we don't have a constitution yet. And even when the constitution is ratified, slavery isn't ended then. Mm-hmm. It's not till Civil War before yeah. that finally happens. And that's like 100 years later, about. Yeah, about. more or less. Yeah. Like 90. Too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too long, regardless. So, yeah, I, I think I think he throws himself into his work. There's other reasons why he does that. It's mm-hmm. not just Lauren's death. But I think, yeah. I think we're I mean, kinda, he also is just very busy. Right, he's 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 rising to the top. He's a climber. He's mm-hmm. doing what he can to raise his status. Mm-hmm. So that, but Lawrence, I, I think in the context of this interlude, we can say, hey, you know, he's he's throwing himself into his work to not feel the pain of his um, yeah his friend. Very well done. Um, I mean, Hamilton and Eliza acted very well as far as like she's got some bad news for him. Mm-hmm. She asks him if he's all right, and he he doesn't really answer. You know. Mm-hmm. But you could tell he's bothered. So mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda does a good job, too, there. Um, Anthony Ramos, um, we're going to miss him as as Lawrence. I like Lawrence as a character. Who does he play next? Philip. Oh, right. Yeah. Speaking of Philip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, he'll be back. No, you'll be back. Just you see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not talking about that song today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anyways, yeah. we'll, we'll miss. again. We'll miss... Uh, I'll miss John Lawrence. He's uh, been a fascinating character, I think. Yeah. Uh, real life character. Uh, well played by um, Anthony Ramos. And I did like this this little bit of him kind of singing over the events of Hamilton and, and Eliza talking about his death. You can't say you'll miss him yet because we see him again, I think, one more time. As, yes, we do, actually. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I still will miss him until we see him again one more time. Yeah. Okay, so... I found, you know, we've already talked a little bit about Lawrence in the past. You know, of course, he he was in the duel with Charles Lee. Um, he went over to France and was part of the delegate to delegation to, you know, negotiate some terms with them. Mm-hmm. Um, he charged Redoubt Number Ten at the Battle of Yorktown. Mm-hmm. He also negotiated the surrender, or was a part of the delegation that negotiated the surrender of Cornwallis and those guys course you know we already talked about you know try to recruit um he did try to recruit three thousand slaves into a when he was down in south carolina for you know the continental army oh i i think one thing i don't think we mentioned this before but he was captured in savannah and charleston at one point and was uh released as part of a prisoner exchange and this was before the battle of yorktown anyway so he ended up passing away on august 27th 1782 um in the battle of Combahee River, and that was down in South Carolina. I, I wanted to know a little bit about you know that battle. So the battle, um, so so essentially, you know, Yorktown happened, but the war wasn't over yet. They were still negotiating the Treaty of Peace, uh, Treaty of Paris, you know, the Peace Treaty mm-hmm. in Paris. <laughs> yeah. And Nathaniel Green was down in South Carolina. New York and Charleston were still under British control. Mm-hmm. But I believe Nathaniel Green's army was surrounding the, tr- the the troops in Charleston of the of the British. They were starting to run out of food, and he said, "Hey, Nathaniel Green, can we have a ceasefire? Go out in the town, buy some food from some merchants." And he said, "No." <laughs> Doesn't explain why he said no, but no, he they they said no. So they didn't have any other choice but then to start raiding South Carolina farmers to get some food for the troops. So they sent a whole bunch of troops down the the Combahee River to start seizing needed supplies from you know local farmland. They sent a bunch of troops. 
Of course, then the Americans retaliate. It didn't retaliate, but they they gathered up some troops and sent them in. Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence, he was Lieutenant Colonel at the time, was sick in bed in Charleston. But then he rode ahead and reached the Compahee Ferry, is what mm-hmm. I read. He arrived on the 26th. But there was a commander that was going to send a detachment of Americans across the river to stop the British. And Lawrence said, hey, put me in command of it. So he gets there and they put him in command. Well, he's known for his bravery and he's known for his, he's like aggressive, like not like aggressive in a negative way, but like he takes charge. He's he's not afraid to charge into a fight. Yeah, exactly. And he basically doesn't wait for backup and leads his troops in and he gets struck in from his horse and is mortally wounded. Mm -hmm. A lot of his troops suffer casualties because of this. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they didn't, it wasn't, it didn't go well. Initially, Lawrence's crew and, and, and the, the initial attacking volley was pushed back by the British, but it wasn't until the, you know, the rest of the troops showed up, the reinforcements he didn't wait for were able to push the British back. I think they just recently found the, the site of where Lawrence fell. It's like I found this on this like battlefield.org, so it's pretty, pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, be neat to see. So his death was affected, you know, quite a few prominent people we've already talked about, Washington, Lafayette, and, and probably more more than any of them, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I came across this real quick, and, and it was a few writings that people made about John Lawrence's death. Now, John Adams, I know him. He uh, enclosed word of John's death to a letter to John's father, and, he, and it was very sim- quick note. But it was, I know not how to mention the melancholy intelligence by this vessel, which affects you so tenderly. They wrote, they talked differently back then. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk. It's, that's like, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> that's... Th- thoughts and prayers. <laughs> that's basically what John, uh, John Adams said. Much nicer, more elegant, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, R.I.P. John. Sorry praying and do a pray emoji and like a sad emoji face and that's probably all i would send no really? huh you would only send that no i'm just kidding but i wouldn't write as good as that you know that's for sure uh washington wrote the death of colonel lawrence i consider as a very heavy misfortune not only as it affects the public at large but particularly to his family and all his private friends and connections to whom his amiable and useful character had rendered him peculiarly ah, dear. <laughs> I can't speak. Washington, that was also very nice of Washington too. He acknowledged how much he, he meant to everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and his character was good for the country itself. Mm-hmm. But I think Hamilton probably was the most affected and he, you know, he wrote his thoughts down in a letter to Nathaniel Green and he says, I feel the deepest affliction at the news we have just received at the loss of our dear and inestimable, inestimable <laughs> friend Lawrence. Stop laughing. It's not funny. This is serious. This is, we're talking about death. You laughed. His career of virtue is at end. How strangely are human affairs conducted that so many excellent qualities could not ensure a more happy fate. The world will feel the loss of a man who has left few like him behind and America, of a citizen whose heart realized that patriotism of which others only talk. I feel the loss of a friend whom, whom I truly and most tenderly loved, 
and one of one of a very small number. So translate that into normal language. Well, basically, he feels saddened, mm-hmm. you know, afflicted well, obviously. Yeah, by hearing of the news and of our good friend, you know, mm-hmm. Lawrence. His career of virtue is at an end. Basically, he was a good dude and mm-hmm. he's and he's gone. He was a virtuous person. He was a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, he stood for something good and that's over. Mm-hmm. It's done. And he's basically saying how strangely human affairs conduct. Basically, he's a good guy. He should have had a happy ending. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. Not only did he die in a in battle, but he died in a battle that didn't need to happen because the war was technically over. Yeah. It was all but over. It just and it just wasn't news had, had not traveled south as quickly as it should have. The peace negotiations were still being negotiated, you know, were ongoing. Mm-hmm. So there was no treaty signed. So and honestly, I mean, based on what I read, I'm not going to make judgment call here because I don't know enough information. But if Nathaniel Green had allowed them, to, the British, that is, to go purchase some food, they would not have needed to raid. Mm-hmm. And then there wouldn't there wouldn't have been a need for this battle. So you're th- saying it's his fault. I don't know what his decision was, so I can't say it was his fault. But based on what I read, it seemed like it was. A, either way, it was seemed like an unnecessary skirmish between the British and Americans at this point. Because if it was modern times, we would have already known that hey, there's a ceasefire and negotiations are under are are are, are ongoing. Mm-hmm. So nobody shoot until then. And then in that mm-hmm. case, Nathaniel Green may have been like, yeah, okay, you can go out and buy some some food. Because mm-hmm. why? Okay, so th- if he didn't realize that they were still fighting, like that that there was peace and that they thought they were still fighting, why would you want your your enemy to be? nourished with extra food and have fighting strength you want them to be malnourished and starving and they might give up sooner because mm-hmm. they wanted them out of charleston yeah but if they knew there was if they knew that peace negotiations were going well then they could have had their nice little stalemate you have charleston we'll stay on the outside keep you contained so you don't get any ideas of leaving and then we'll let the delegates you know the diplomats i should say figure out you know a, a peace you know to end the fighting Mm-hmm. So it's just too bad, you know. So it's like he's a good guy. He stood for something good. It's too bad he's dead. You know, he should have had a happy ever, ever after. Mm-hmm. And they were saying the world would feel the loss of him because, again, he stood for something. He was a patriot. He's a founding father, and there was few like him. Mm-hmm. And then he's so just in the world. But then he's saying, but for America, you lost a a good citizen, somebody who stood for what America should be. Mm-hmm. Again, he was an abolitionist. You know, he fought for, you know, the freedom of self-government, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Other people talk patriotism. He lived it. Yeah. Right. Again, that's, you know, high high esteem Hamilton has for this guy. And, and everything I've read, there's really nothing to denigrate that so far. You know, like I haven't seen anything like, oh, he's got some skeletons in his closet. Sounds like a good guy. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. And, and of course, then he gets into a personal level of that. He's like, I f- he personally feels lost. That mm-hmm. was my friend. I loved him. I don't love too many people. I don't have that many close friends. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's one of the few that I would consider in my inner close circle. And he's gone. And he just was letting Nathaniel Green know that. So mm-hmm. I like hearing from these guys in their own words. I just wish I could actually read it better because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite definitely a different time and a different way of talking. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything extra you want to cover about this particular minute song? Nope, but we should rate it. Yeah, go ahead and rate it. Um, I'll give it like 
a 6.5. I was going to give it a five only because it's, it's not really a song. It's mm-hmm. the third version of the song we've heard before. And it's mostly just background to the, 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 the dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. overall, I like this moment in the show. Yeah. We saw that live too. And that was pretty, pretty well done. Mm-hmm. When, when we saw it yeah and i like that too again it's i can see why this isn't on a soundtrack but it definitely needs to be in the show like mm-hmm. when you watch it i agree yeah so i'll give it a five just for that you know do you have any other final thoughts on uh well we'll get to talk about anthony ramos again do you have any final thoughts on john lawrence and anything you've read about him in any of your books or any any impressions you've had of him as a historical figure nope no no none mm-hmm. that's fine I guess that'll do it for this episode, this interlude, if you will. Thank you for listening to Hamilton Shot by Shot. You can find us at Hamilton Shot by Shot on Facebook and Instagram and Gmail and Hamilton underscore SBS on Twitter. So that's all for Rose and I. We got work to do. Tomorrow there'll be more of us. Do you have anything else to say? No. Shouldn't you say thank you for Oh, right. Yeah. Shouldn't Um, you say Don't you have anything else to say? (laughs) Oh, yeah.